sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. We welcome you today to our broadcast. We look forward to getting together here with the Bible open every single day, and I trust that we'll be a blessing and a help to you today. We welcome our family of friends who are with us most of the time or all of the time, and at the same time, if you're a newcomer, we certainly are pleased to have you along with us. We thank the Lord for the privilege we have to be here on this station at this time five days a week, and we hope you'll join us often. Now, let me remind you that today I am in Kendallville, Indiana, preaching at the New Hope Baptist Church. And that'll be one more service. That's tonight at the 7 o'clock hour. And I look forward to seeing many of our friends in that area at the New Hope Baptist Church, Kendallville, Indiana, tonight. And then our Sword of the Lord Men's Conference meeting here in Murfreesboro at the Sword of the Lord Auditorium, November 12 and 13. Guys, get on our website. Check it out. I think you'll find things that'll be a help and a blessing to you. Swordofthelord.com is the web address. So check it out, and we'll look forward to seeing you at the men's conference just in a couple of weeks now. Yesterday, I began a series of things for this week, and the subject yesterday was staying sane in a crazy world. Today, I want to build on that and talk to you about staying clean in an unclean world. Now, Christians are still living in this world. We are sinners. We're saved by grace. When we come to Christ, sometimes people who are just recently saved have to acknowledge that their past life has been very unchristian and ungodly, and some of those unchristian and ungodly things kind of drag along even after a person has been saved. And of course, that can produce some stress when we discover that the Lord has a different lifestyle in mind for us. He really does. The old life is different from the new life. The new life brings an entirely new dimension, and we need to understand that. John chapter 3 and verse 19, Jesus said, This is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So if you just look at that, the contrast between darkness and light, and understand that the old world has in mind a lot of things that are outside the plan of God. The challenge that you and I have is the old carnal nature doesn't die when we're saved. We still have that old nature. Now, we have a new nature now that we've been regenerated, born again, but that old nature is still there. And the fact is, we are still living in this old world where all kinds of things are happening that are not in the will of God. The old life sometimes then will put pressure on us even though we are in the new life. The old life still beckons. It still offers itself. It's still alluring. And the challenge is to me and to you to stay clean even though we're living in an unclean world. We have to think about how to stay clean when unclean is so available. How to stay clean when friends and family members may offer you that which is unclean. Honestly, it is so very easy to do the unclean thing. So what I want to do today, I want to help you to understand some things about how to stay clean in an unclean world. We have to live here as long as we live, but we do not have to go along with the way the world is living. So let's get practical and see what we can do to make ourselves walk as the Lord would have us to walk. Romans chapter 12 
verse 1 and 2, tells us something about the expectation that God has for us. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let me pause in the reading there simply to point out, this is a presentation of our body. Our body lives in this world. And he says, I want you to present yourself to the Lord. I want you to live the life. I want it to be holy. I want it to be that which is acceptable unto God. God is a holy God. God is not living in this unclean environment. And he wants us to have the scent of heaven upon us. He doesn't want us to go chasing after the hordes of hell all the time, but instead he wants us to walk with the crowd that is walking toward heaven. That passage goes on to say, and be not conformed to this world. A Christian can conform to the unclean world, and that is not what you and I should be doing. But instead, the verse says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We know that the will of God is perfect. It is acceptable and it is good. And we simply need to renew our mind, that is, get our mind set as God would have it to be set. And therefore, then we can present our bodies as the Lord would have us to do. So getting mind and body thinking right, thinking clean, walking clean, doing what we need to do. Now you say, but there are so many temptations. Well, let me give you a second passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 says, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. So you're not the first person that's ever been tempted like this. You're not a special case. Your temptations are not greater than somebody else's. Just as come on, let's just decide. We're going to admit that temptation is there, but we're not some special case. And here's the key. The verse goes on to say, God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So yes, you'll be tempted, but with God's help, you don't have to go down that route. You don't have to give in. Now, here's another passage that'll help you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 tells us that we do have an enemy. It says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And I'm telling you, he does have devices, and he will set the traps, set the snare. He will do everything that he can to get us involved in all of the trashy, garbage things that he has going on in the world. Because after all, once we are saved, he can't have us. He can't have our soul. He can't take us down to hell, but he sure can make a mess out of us so that our testimony and our witness is destroyed here on this earth. He cannot have us, but if he can't have us, he wants to be sure that we don't do anything so that somebody else will come on board with the Lord. So we need to be aware that we do have an enemy who will lead us right back out into the trashy world and do the unclean things if we're not very, very careful. Romans chapter 13, verses 13 and 14 tell me, let us walk honestly as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. This is God's plan. 
God wants us to walk in the light, walk in the day. He doesn't want us doing the wicked, drunken, stupor kinds of things where we're out just living like dogs in the world. That's not what the Lord wants at all. But instead, he says, put on the Lord Jesus. Talking to Christians here. What's he telling them to do? He's telling them to follow the Lord, do like the Lord would do. Put on those things that are characteristic of the Lord Jesus and don't make provision for that old life. Don't let the lustings of a carnal flesh trap you, ensnare you, and take you back in to the ways of the world. Here's another passage that will help you. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, talking about the Scripture. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Well, you say, how is it going to profit me? The passage says, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, the doctrine, the Bible is going to give us the right teaching. We're going to learn the values that God puts a value on. We're going to learn the principles that we ought to be living by. Not only that, but this passage says that the Bible will reprove us. That is, if we're headed wrong, it'll show us where we are headed and what we ought to do about that, and then it will correct us. Nobody likes correction. I'm telling you, that's one of the most difficult things that anybody has to deal with. You say, I didn't like it when I was a kid. I didn't want my mom and dad to correct me. I know it's that old carnal nature just kind of bowing up its back and being rebellious. And I'm telling you, even a lot of us, after we're saved, we kind of deal with our Heavenly Father like that. And it's like, well, I don't want Him correcting me. Well, dear friend, you'll do well if you listen to your mom and dad when you're growing up and take the correction. You'll also do real well if you'll listen Listen to your Heavenly Father and let Him correct you once you are saved. That means the world. I mean, it's just the greatest thing that you can imagine that the Lord loves you enough that He corrects you. I've often said the discipline of children is not a matter of punishment per se. It's a matter of a parent showing their love sufficiently that they will correct a child and head them in the best direction. And certainly our Heavenly Father knows a lot more about that than our earthly parents do. And I I'm telling you, when God says, go this route, don't make provision for the flesh, don't let the lust of your flesh take over, he's telling us what we need to hear. And that is something very, very important for us. And you and I ought to every single day, just look to the Bible, look to the Lord for the instruction in righteousness so we will get things right. Here's another passage that I think will be of some help. Titus chapter 2 and verse 12 says, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So right here in this old dirty world, in this unclean world, in this environment where so many people are headed down a wrong road, so many people are plundering toward hell, the Bible says that the Word of God will teach us how to identify and thus be able to deny ungodliness and all of those worldly things that we might otherwise go lusting after. And then he said, so that we can live soberly, righteously, and godly. That word soberly has to do with thinking right. You say, well, I need to get my thinking headed right. Yes, if you get your thinking headed right, then you will begin to do things like you ought to do them. You cannot make your body function without your mind. If your mind gets geared right, then your body is going to head right. So living soberly, 
means I'm thinking right. Righteously means I've found out what is right, and I'm going to go that direction. And godly means that I'm modeling after God. It just simply means that I'm taking instruction like I ought to take it. And I know somebody's going to say, oh, but all of this is tough. It's so difficult. I mean, I'm just having all of this stress about it. Well, I think the testimony of the Apostle Paul might help us here. Romans chapter 7, verses 18 and following, he says, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. So he's just talking about the struggle. He's talking about how that even after having been saved and having served God for a period of years, nonetheless, he is still encountering the struggle day by day by day. There are going to be those things that will come at you. They're going to offer themselves to you in such a way that it will take you where you do not need to go. And the Apostle Paul tells us here, even though he was a strong Christian, a spiritual man, a man greatly serving God in his life, life, and yet he too was having that kind of a struggle. So dear friend, I want you to know you're not alone in the battle, but the Apostle Paul went on to say, O wretched man that I am, this is Romans 7, 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And what he's just telling us is we need to get our mind focused so that we'll be on track. Now, if you want to be clean, study the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20. That'll help. Study the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That'll help. Study the book of Romans, the book of Ephesians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus. Study 1 John. All of those passages will help you to understand what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's of the darkness, what's of the light. It'll help you to get focused so that even though you are living in a wicked environment, you're living in a society that has gone totally adrift, you can at the same time stand up, be the person you ought to be, and walk with God on a daily basis. So dear friend, yes, walk with the Lord, stay in church, and you can stay clean even while living in an unclean world. I appreciate so much you being along today, and I hope that this little study on staying clean in an unclean world will be a help to you. I'll do another one tomorrow, Lord willing, that I hope will be a help to you. So do get in touch. I'm always glad to hear from those of you who join us here on the broadcast. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day, and goodbye for now.